He's a native Texan, a student of Ben Franklin and John Locke, and he's a Christian conservative political activist. He's a true believer in the principles that this country was founded upon and comes to you every day to guide, advise, and lead you to become involved in the greatest political experiment in the history of our planet, self-governance. We don't get fooled again. He's Matt Long, and this is The Matt Long Show. Good morning, folks. So happy to be here with you on a rainy, drizzly uh, December morning in the hill country of Texas. Man, I have to tell you, though, it is absolutely God. Thank you for the rain. Thank you. Thank you, God, for the rain. Been needing that. And uh, every uh, these little drizzly rains are so good as opposed to the flooding rains. So we want to be grateful for the rain we're getting and the drizzly days we're getting. And um, also give yourself a couple of extra minutes. Uh, it's not as slick as it was yesterday, but uh, you never know. And there was uh, between Kerrville and Fredericksburg, there was, uh, there was at least one patch of heavier rain up uh, as I got her closer to, um, or as I was leaving Fredericksburg. So just to give it a little bit of care out there this morning. And, um, you know, I'm going to have to start about right now. I'm going to have to start saying be nice to the tourists because they are already piling in. And it uh, looks like we're going to be uh, blessed with many guests up until probably just after the new year. So be nice to the tourists. And uh, we got some events uh, lined up for you um, still happening. We've got a great Christmas event, and if I can, I'm looking for the flyer as I speak. I got all these clipboards. Um, let's see. And I can't find the flyer right now. Let's see. I can see the one across the room. There we go. A candlelight Christmas concert, December 16th, 2023 at 7 o'clock. And that is going to be at the Moonshadow Haven Chapel. And uh, my good friend, Elizabeth Rose, and a talented, amazing, beautiful young woman, is uh, part of, and I think she's put this together, has brought some vocalists, some musicians together to create a candlelight Christmas concert uh, this Saturday at 7 o'clock. It's going to be at the Moonshadow, Moonshadow Haven Chapel. And if you need tickets, if I can read that, ElizabethRoseMedia.com. Go to www.elizabethrosemedia.com, and that will get you all the information you need for that of uh, that event this Saturday. Um, let's see what else we have on the calendar. On the 18th, that would be next Monday, we have uh, the Kerr County Patriots, who are going to be having uh, their last meeting of the year. And uh, any meeting where they say bring desserts, I, I don't care. It could be the meeting of the young socialists uh, of America, but whatever. If it says bring desserts, it's probably going to be a really good meeting. I like dessert meetings. So there you go. That is uh, uh, Monday the 18th at 6 o'clock the, at 451 Guadalupe Street for the last meeting of the year of the Kerr County Patriots. And so we're, we got all of this talk about this is the, you know, the, the quiet time for, for uh, patriots and activists, and 
we everybody kind of shuts down and the the meetings don't happen in december not near as many and yet on um as soon as this is done folks as soon as we are done with the holidays we are full blast full blown exploding into um primary season because we've got early uh, you've got uh, the primaries in Texas starting in the early March and uh then and of course early voting is what i meant to say early voting starts in February and man if you don't think time flies now talk to a candidate uh sometime in January um and they'll tell you about how time flies Speaking of candidates, we got one coming into the studio today. I hope he makes it in, Wes Verdell. And uh, actually, we're going to be talking about Gun Owners of America. Um, and so we've got Wes coming in at the bottom of the hour. Um, and to tell you about uh, Gun Owners of America and a recent success they had in Washington that you may not even be hearing about. All right. In fact, I was looking for the, I made a mistake, I found the article yesterday, and immediately um, I said, whoa, Gun Owners of America did what in Washington, D.C.? Ooh, I need to call Wes, and so I called Wes Verdell up, and um, he said, absolutely, I'd love to come on to into the station tomorrow and talk about that. So we've got that at the bottom of the hour. What has GOA done uh, to protect your rights at the federal level and uh, you may be surprised as what <laughs> you're probably not surprised at what was going to be sprung on you in a tiny little paragraph in a very large bill. And uh, so we've got Wes Verdell coming in to tell us about that. Um, before we take a wee break, though, let's um, give you some words of wisdom from Ben Franklin. And here you go, all of you guys who work out and 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 part of athletic teams or weightlifters or joggers or whatever you have, this is one you've heard all your life, and you probably didn't even know that Ben Franklin penned this originally. But this comes from, let's see, 1744, I believe. No, 1745, poor Richard's almanac. And here we go. No gains without pains. Wow. You mean Franklin did that? Yeah. No pain, no gain is how we say it today. But Ben Franklin said no gains without pains. And I don't think he was a weightlifter or exercise nuts. So there you go, folks. We're going to take a short break, and uh, y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. He's seen a few skirmishes in his time. Matt Long on the Hill Country Patriot. Merry Christmas from the Hill Country Patriot. Right, we are back, and I say we because I have my good friend Jody Gould on the line with me with uh, Tejas Smoke Depot in Fredericksburg, Texas. Good morning, Jody. Good morning, Matt. How is? Uh, Good morning, guys. Oh yeah, everything's. Uh, yep. Yeah. 
I, we're hearing good. I think I may I may try something a little bit different here. So, um, the uh, tell us about the Tejas Smoke Depot, please, ma'am. Well, uh, we are a tobacco store that carries all of your tobacco needs, basically. Uh, we've been in business now for almost 27 years. Uh, we have a full line of cigarettes and cigars and pipe tobaccos, rolling tobaccos, vape products, CBD products, um, all the accessories that go along with all your vaping and uh, tobacco needs, um, snuff, chew, just about anything you can think of that you might want to puff on, I guess, in a sense. Yeah. Because, um, you know, it's changed over the years. We started out with just cigarettes and cigars, and now it's gone into a lot of electronic devices. And, um, yeah, we're just, uh, we carry everything that you might consider. And if we don't, let us know, and we'll try to get it in, because you know, there's a whole new world out there of tobacco use. That's uh, right. We also carry blue wine. Um, sodas, snacks, um, ice. We don't carry the paper anymore. We only sell them one a week. So. You don't, and I guess not that many people need bird liners here in town. So <laughs> Everybody gets the news online these days, I'm learning. So, okay, all um, right. Pretty much. Anyway, uh, yeah, we, uh, we like I said, we've been in business 27 years, and, and uh, we you know, have a great customer base. We appreciate all of our customers and and thank them for, you know, for another year of great sales. And uh, speaking of sales, we are having year-end sales, so this is a really good time to come by and stock up for the new year. Yeah, it, absolutely. So every week we have a, a, a phrase that pays, and it is for a weekly or for a monthly drawing it gives you an instant discount if you give the phrase that pays gives you an instant discount and then uh, at the end of the or the beginning of the month at the beginning of every month we uh, had, have a drawing and we did that last week so um what is the phrase that pays this week well as you mentioned this morning it's raining outside so this week's phrase is raindrops are kisses from heaven. Aw, raindrops are kisses from heaven. Oh, that's so sweet. There you go. Raindrops are kisses yeah. from heaven. And, man, I'll tell you what, if you're a, <laughs> yes, they are, if you're a farmer. Um, they absolutely. Mm -hmm. So if you go into the Tejas Smoke Depot, which, by the way, is uh, on the west end of Fredericksburg, folks. If you're in West, if you're in Fredericksburg, heading down Main Street, uh, go west on Main Street, and when you get to the Y at the end of the town, bear off to the left, and a wee bit down on the left is the Tejas Smoke Depot. And uh, if you remember, if you have your kids in the truck, make a counterclockwise circle around, circle around the building. And pull up the window, and someone will help you out there. Uh, Jody, give us your hours, please, ma'am. We're open Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. On Saturday, we're open 9 a.m. to 7 p.m. and closed on Sundays. There you go. Did we miss anything, Jody? Did we cover it all? I think we pretty oh, good. <laughs> uh, yes, I think we've covered everything. Um, and just letting everybody know, thank you for um, your patronage and um stop by and grab some grab bags and and some and take advantage of all of our year-end sales 
All right. There you go. All right, folks. Uh, we're going to, uh, Jody, thank you for calling in. Thank you for supporting us. And uh, we'll talk next week. But in the meantime, Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. Same to you, Matt. Thank you very much. All right. So there you go, our good friend Jody Gould. And what I'm going to do is Wes Verdell has just walked into the studio. So what I'm going to do is we're going to go ahead and take a early break. And uh, then when we get back, we'll have Wes Verdell on with me. In the meantime, I need to find the article that I sent him yesterday that seems to have disappeared. Um, and so we're going to dig around for that during the break, and we'll be right back. And Gun Owners of America, man, they just uncovered a hidden gun control paragraph. And uh, Wes is going to tell us all about it, but they stopped it. So y'all stay tuned and hear about that. There's more where that came from. Matt Log on the Hill Country Patriot. I'll be back. All right, we are back, and uh, you're listening to the Matt Long Show on the Hill Country Patriot. And um, I was talking to Jody on the drive-in this morning, and she said, you sound tired. And I was like, you know, that's not a, I appreciate that. I said, well, good, I got 30 minutes to get awake. But I think we're all kind of getting to that point. How how about you, Wes? Are you, are you getting, is this the time of the year? Are you getting tired? Are you getting worn out? You know, I, f- I feel pretty good right now, pretty motivated. Uh, we've been campaigning for five months now, and I am kind of worn out. But uh, when you're motivated to do something, like you find that energy to do it. So I feel really good about it right now. Well, good. That's good to hear. Well, I wanted to call you. I called you yesterday because I was doing my cruising around, and I think I found where that article was. You sent me another link. I think I found it originally. It was on the Epic Times. That's where it was. And uh, then the uh, Gun Owners of America, if you'll go to gunowners.org, gunowners.org, and you will find this article, um, and the title is Gun Owners of America Defeat Hidden Gun Control in Military Funding Bill. So I read that, and I started digging around, and I think the Epoch Times actually did a little TV segment on it where they where yeah. the guy talked about it. I guess whatever. I didn't, I didn't get to see that. They they do some really good TV segments. They interviewed me one time about gun rights, and we were talking about Hitler and Mao and Stalin and how many people died underneath their their reign. Mm-hmm. And uh, they do some really nice quality work. So I, I bet this one's good too that they did. So I found that, and it was like, holy mackerel! Where? How often? And and that was when I realized how grateful I was for organizations like Gun Owners of America. Because even, I, I mean, I read bills, right? But I read them at the Texas level. And we're very clear in Texas. And Wes knows that, is that you can't take a bill that's on, I don't know, uh, pig feed yeah. or whatever, or, or diesel engines. Yeah, it's got to be single and then, and then add in there a gun control thing or some secret thing buried. And yeah. the other thing at the state level, we don't have... 2000 page bills no we get we we get 180 page bills every now and then yeah there was a 230 page bill to end property taxes back in 2013 uh unfortunately it died but uh 
Yeah, in Texas, it's really easy to look at a bill, and you can tell what the bill's about, and you're not going to find hidden subjects in there other mm-hmm. than the subject you're dealing with. Uh, in the federal government, completely different story. They do what they call omnibus bills, so they package everything into to one bill, and they pass it, and so you'll get a lot of bad stuff in there and maybe some good stuff, and unfortunately, uh, there's a lot of congressmen that will vote for the bill because of the good stuff in it, and they'll completely ignore all the damage that the bad stuff in that bill does. And I, you know, I don't know when, you know, Texas has that single, excuse me, single subject rule. And, um, and in fact, it's used quite often to kill a bill. If something doesn't quite, yeah, if it's not germane, to the if subject. it's not germane, if it's not right on, I've heard some yeah. real picky stuff coming from, uh, the Democrats on trying to kill a bill. Yeah. So, but that is not the same at the federal level. And so when you hear of organizations like gun owners of America and others, organizations like this that are working at the national level, these are groups at the national level that really need support. So tell us about, so we had the, uh, this was a military funding bill. And have they voted on this yet? Do you know? I apologize for not knowing. No, I don't don't think they have. I talked to our, our uh, federal affairs director yesterday. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyways, he was very busy. We were actually talking about some Chip Roy stuff, too. Chip Roy is a great fighter for, for the Second Amendment up there. And uh, anyways, they were really <clears throat> working really hard to go through these bills because these bills sometimes are 2,000 pages plus. It's, it's insanity how, how big these bills get. And so in Texas, I have a little bit easier job where it's very easy to look through the bill and tell if something's not supposed to be there or whatnot. Mm -hmm. Up there, they hide it really good. And so Aiden and his team uh, worked really hard, and and they uh, ended up finding where they were. So what it is that they put into this bill, so the bill is the National Defense Authorization Act has to be done every year. They try to throw a lot of military projects and other, other military spending through there. Unfortunately... Uh, that National Defense Authorization Act is the one that changed Fort Hood to Fort Cavazos and several <sighs> other bases. Uh, that was stuck in there, and, and unfortunately, a bunch of Republicans voted for it that shouldn't have. Yeah. Uh, but in this particular year of the NDAA bill, uh, they snuck in there what's called the Undetectable Firearms Act. Uh, it was supposed yeah. to sunset, and uh, and they were trying to sneak it in again to renew it. And I saw I saw the verbiage on it, and it literally is a single paragraph. Yeah, yep. it, it it changes a date it, that and yep. that's what you said the sunset law. It changes the date to go on out, and then I think there was one other line in there that it canceled out a line, but it was so small. But had that stayed in there, or if heaven forbid, if it gets back in or doesn't get completely out, what was the effect of this one paragraph? Yeah, so the the big fight originally when this came up, so if, if folks remember when Glocks first came out on the market, uh, there was a huge fear that was pushed by the anti-gunners that these guns were going to be able to be undetected by X-ray machines, not X-ray machines, but uh, metal detectors and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, in hindsight, looking back at it, it's just like, how did people even believe that? Because you can't have a gun without metal components in it. Like, there's no way it would operate correctly. So you would have, a like the Glock had a metal slide. Uh, yeah. It had metal springs in it and, and a connector, disconnector, everything else in there. So striker pin. Uh, but anyway, so they were trying to make it where guns couldn't be made of certain materials or a certain percentage of the gun had to be a certain material. And uh, it, was, it had like a 10-year sunset on it. They renewed it for another five years after that 10-year. Then they renewed it for another five years. So I guess we've been about 20 years into this or so. Uh, no, it'd be... Man, we're even longer than that. But uh, 
it it was coming due again for the sunset and they snuck it in there and tried to uh to extend it but here's the thing that's changed technology's changed quite a bit and uh and a lot of us that can still carry you know we don't like a heavy gun we want the gun Mm -hmm. to be lighter and so there are components that could be used to make the firearm lighter more comfortable to use uh you know, a lot of lot of uh, maybe smaller in stature people don't don't want the heavier gun either, and so so what they're doing is they're denying technology from from advancing uh, firearms to to be better for the people who use them for lawful reasons. You know, that's interesting. You said about that uh, the weight. I have no hips. All right, I have no butt. I mean, it is <laughs> there is nothing there, and it is. And so when I try to carry at my waist. Unless I have the right pants and the right belt, I'm kidding you. I kid you not. It is. It, I could use a lighter. I carry yeah, I, when I carry. It is a Ruger LP9. I think is what it is. And uh, right. or LCP9. Maybe. LCP9. There you go. And it'll pull my pants down if I'm not careful. So if there's yeah. a, if there's something lighter out there, I'm I'm the kind of customer that uh, would say, okay, that'll help me keep my yeah. pants up because I have no butt. So for, for a long time, <laughs> when when my kids were younger, uh, I actually had a, a shoulder bag that sounds a little weird, but it's kind of a tactical shoulder bag. But uh-huh. it was a diaper bag slash uh, concealed my my pistol. So that was before <laughs> that was before open carry had passed too, and. Uh, Anyways, it was a great way to carry where it didn't, wasn't uncomfortable or anything like that. You always had it on you. So yeah, yeah. All right, I guess that means I have to have a baby, honey. Are you li- <laughs> are you listening uh, to my wife who's going to have a birthday next week? That uh, it's our anniversary tomorrow. Wow. Twenty three years. Happy anniversary. Years. Well, thank you, sir. We're uh, you know me and my wife are coming up on our twenty first anniversary, so we're right, right behind you. Man, that is so cool. And you haven't had a single fight, have you, in twenty one years? How did you know? Well, it's the same at my house. No, you you said zero. I said we haven't had a single fight. Because we've had may- way more than a single fight, yeah, there so you go. <laughs> I, I, that's uh, we haven't had a single fight in all the twenty-three years we've been married. So, um, but uh, let's get back to uh, GOA. Also, this bill would have protected. That's my wife texting. That yeah, she, I, she has her own ding number. So um, this also would have affected because since that bill went was created, like you said, at least twenty years ago. We have now the advent of 3D printing. And I remember when someone, the very first somebody that printed a, a, a plastic gun. Yeah, Cody. Okay, yeah. And then, but they actually, they had to have a, a metal spring in it. Didn't yeah. it have to have a yeah. metal spring? Yeah, you can't, it wouldn't fire without the, uh, without some, you have to actually, your primer, to, or so your primer, your striker has to be metal too if you want to actually. So the, uh, why am I going blank here right now? The primer. There you the go. The primer. If uh-huh. you want to hit the primer, primer with the with the striking pin, you got to have something hard enough to ignite that primer. And so, even the three D printed guns that would um, those would uh, um, those still get detected. So it's not that uh, calling it undetectable seems very very strange. Yeah. So let me ask you about the three D printing. Um, what? When that, that first came up, from what I understood, and I saw several videos, uh, YouTubes on those, and it seemed like those very, very first ones seemed like they were reliable for a couple of shots. And is Am I remembering that yeah, correctly? Yeah, uh, I think uh, the 
some of the first ones only you could get one shot and that was it because uh, it's plastic barrel and everything like it couldn't handle much but uh yeah. you know you talk about the naming of it uh uh the left loves to put uh good sounding names onto titles that take away people's rights uh mm-hmm. common sense gun control yeah uh, <laughs> yeah or uh safe safe gun laws uh yeah yeah just different stuff like that the uh oh the bipartisan community safer act that uh john cornyn who uh betrayed texas uh mm-hmm. uh had just helped help get passed through and they call you know it sounds great bipartisan community safer act oh i want com- safer communities of course but uh but in it a lot of anti-gun legislation that we're now have to fight against and and I hope everybody listening does not support uh, John Cornyn at all. Yeah, we have uh, here on this radio program, we've been exposing him for about four and a half years. And he is, yeah, he he is not a good Republican. And my prediction on him is that right after his last election, which was, what, two years ago, um, right after that was when he first really started coming out of the closet, for lack of a better term. Um, He always kind of kept it on the down low. So my prediction when I saw him, like within months of being reelected, was that he's not going to run again. I mean, you... you, I hope not. They and I think the Republicans, what they'll do, the 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 rhinos and the trans publicans, when they see someone that they know is going to retire or getting ready to, you know, that someone they're getting ready to put out to pasture, they're going to use that one. They're going to say, "Look, John, you you're not going to be worried about re, re getting reelected, so we're going to throw you under the bus." And uh, and Cornyn and John or whoever it is goes along with it because they know that's how the the game yeah. is played. So I had uh, John Cornyn, one of his guys, got mad at me one day in the election back in because uh, it's every six years is what it is. Right, so it was back uh-huh. in twenty twenty. Yeah. Uh, anyways, his guy tried to. So this is a tactic that people running for office do, and it's dishonest. But so uh, this guy was at one of the campaign events. He's representing John Cornyn. And he's handing out uh, commitment cards, basically asking you to sign this commitment card that you'll support for John Cornyn in the Republican primary. Mm-hmm. What he's really doing is he's targeting uh, older individuals mm-hmm. that he can possibly get them to sign that and know that they'll feel guilty if they break that commitment because they care about being honest. And that's a good thing. Uh, but the fact that they're willing to take advantage of that situation by putting out these commitment cards uh, – you know, like I'm running for office right now, and you're going to see my opponent, uh, who hasn't been involved in politics at all, hadn't voted in over 10 years in a Republican primary, is now going to try to tell you how great of a person he is and, and how he, now he's going to stand up and fight for us and that kind of stuff. Like, those are the things that they do. They're just going to portray these images. It's all about marketing and telling you everything you want to hear. But you have to ask, hey, where have you been? What have you done? Those kind of things, too. So. Absolutely. Our, um, and you are running. What, uh, what is the House District? I'm going to get it every time. I get it wrong every time. Uh, 53. It's all right, though. 53. So. HD. You, you go back and forth between two districts, so. Yeah. That on you too, and, so. and then they jack them around. So, yep. H and the 70s were really rough on me. So, there <laughs> is, there, I've got to always have that excuse. So, HD 53. Mm-hmm. And um, the current um, uh, uh, person who is representing HD 53 is stepping down after five terms. It's time for Andy Murr to go home. And um, it was actually after his polling came back pretty bad, too. I'll point that out. 
Oh, uh, was that what it was? They were running polls the week before he uh, announced that he was stepping down. And, and, of course, his release statement was, it's not because of the Paxton impeachment. Uh, it's because the cows are calling him home. So. Yeah, the cows and uh, family and uh, family and cows. And listen, there, I... That's a legitimate excuse for a lot of them, so I'm yeah. not going to be I'm not going to be mean, but I do find it interesting. And several people pointed out that he was running ads on this program yeah. Yeah. up until the week before we heard he wasn't going to run again. So find that kind of interesting. Yeah, they were running. So the the way it works is you'll get polls. So if anybody gets these polls, just know that uh, they're called push polling, and generally they'll make one candidate sound really good. So they'll say, "Does the fact that Andrew Murray helped pass?" agriculture bills mm. to, to help farmers make you more or less likely to vote for them. Of course, you're going to say more likely. And then let's say they use my name. as example. They'll say, does the fact that uh, West Verdale has not been elected to office make you more or less likely to vote for them? Of course, right. you're probably going to say less likely. So what it is is they're playing a mental trick on the voters that they're calling, trying to persuade you over. But they're also gauging. They'll generally ask that question three times. Who would you vote for in a Republican primary? Mm-hmm. And they'll ask them three times across that conversation. And the purpose is because they'll ask you once, and then they'll ask a couple of questions to gauge if they can shift your opinion. They'll ask the question again, and then they'll go through that process again. And so what they're trying to meter is what uh, does the voter care about that can shift them over to the other candidate? And then if we can shift them over to the candidate, that's where we're going to spend all our money marketing on those subjects there. So Mm, 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 it's all strategy. It is all strategy, and that is my job and has been the job of the Fredericksburg Tea Party for many years is to help people get informed. One of the things I talk about on this are the tricks that are pulled on you by your legislators, and this is just one more of them. They can convince people to vote for the candidate that will actually work against them because the marketing that they have used tells that person, this guy is going to be perfect for you. Mm. So your association with Gun Owners of America, um, and you worked really hard. I watched you up at the Capitol the last several sessions working on uh, permitless carry and items like that. So when you get elected and you're back up to Austin, are there still, are we comfortable with gun laws in Texas now as they are now? No. Or do you see, all right, uh, uh, <laughs> go, answer go, on go that forward one. with that. So Alan West asked me this the other day. He said, uh, he said, said, hey, Wes, where would you rate Texas right now on gun laws? I think he thought I was going to say A, and, uh, and Alan's a great 2A supporter. Uh, he's, he's been fantastic on 2A issues, and, and I told him, I said, honestly, Alan, I think we're at a B-plus right now. Uh, we've got some things that we can improve on. One is we deal with the Gun-Free School Zone Act of 1990 that was, was written under uh, Bush Sr., if, if I remember correctly. And uh, mm-hmm. and so we're trying to fight against that, and we're there are ways around it. So the Guardian program, which uh, Ingram and uh, Centerpoint uh, utilize, fantastic programs. And so those allow teachers who go through extensive training, if they want, they, they're not forced to, if they want to, they're allowed to be part of a response team for in case there is a, a shooting on school or anything like that. But these gun-free zones, if you look at most mass shootings, most of them occur in gun-free zones. And anytime you stick a sign up that says, hey, we're unarmed, you <laughs> now created a, a environment that somebody who wants to do harm knows they can go in there with very little resistance and cause a lot of, lot of harm to people. And so we have to end the gun-free school zones. We have to end uh, – and. It's, it's just something that's common sense, but as we know, uh, especially with the left, common sense is not too common. So, mm, Not at all. Where can, uh, Wes, where can people get information about your, uh, your campaign, your candidacy, information about you? And by the way, thank you. I called Wes yesterday afternoon, 
And, uh, man, he says, yeah, I'll, I'll come right in. So thank you for, with no notice, to come in and talk uh, about that. We appreciate any, it. Any chance I get to come to Kerrville, I love coming to Kerrville. So All righty. So where can people get uh, information? What's your website? What are you, what, where can they, they follow up with you? Uh, you can go to verdell4texas.com. That's V as in Victor, I-R, D as in Delta, E-L-L-F-O-R-T-E-X-A-S.com. Uh, you can also just Google West Verdell. Uh, it comes up. And uh, if you ever want to know anything I stand on, you can click on Google videos or anything. There's plenty of interviews that come up. Yesterday, I just got to interview. I say interview. Uh, I got to interact with a class in California, ninth grade students. Yeah. The, uh, tell us about that. So the teacher, I'm, I'm grateful to this teacher. The teacher reached out to GOA and said, hey, you know, we've had some other groups come in. Our, our Our students every year get to pick one topic that they really want to dive into. And this year they picked guns. Wow, and uh, and so they had some of the anti-gun people come and talk to them, and and anti-gunners are great at giving improper, uh, improperly calculated statistics all the time. So I got to go in and counter that, and we talked about gun-free school zones, Columbine. So I was, I think I was 18 when Columbine happened. I knew mm. one of the guys that that was in that that shooting, and uh, uh, so anyways, that we got to talk about what happens when you have gun-free zones and uh mm. and we got to talk about open carry in texas and one of the big questions they they asked multiple times was hey if if somebody here in their their community just north of san francisco open carries it's going to cause fear and uh and i said hey it probably has to do with the environment and how restricted your government has been on your rights but in mm -hmm. texas open carry is very common and when you see somebody with a pistol you don't really think twice about it like it doesn't make people uncomfortable and so so there might be an adjustment period in California if they started restoring the rights that people are already guaranteed by the Second Amendment. Because remember, the Second Amendment's a restriction on the government, not a restriction on the people. That's right. And uh, anyways, it was it was a great great thing. The teacher texted me later and uh, said, "Hey, thank you for doing that." The kids are still talking about it. So it was I I love getting the chance to to promote liberty and explain uh, the counter argument to what the left tries to push. You know, it's interesting because California at one point in time was the most liberal, and I mean liberal in the good manner, on gun laws. They had open carry yeah. in California, you know, and uh, for years, and it was never an issue. And then sad to say, and I know many of you are going to cringe out there, but it was Ronald Reagan yeah. that killed, <laughs> that brought the gun control to California. Yeah, it was and, uh, uh, that happened. The Brady stuff came out of that, and then also, uh, you know, we I was stationed in California for a little while for the missile training and everything, and mm -hmm. got lots of friends in California. One of them is a state uh, police officer right now, and uh, and there's a lot of really good Republicans outside of the concentrated urban areas. Uh, mm -hmm. There's actually uh, most of those counties outside of uh, outside of the big urban counties uh, are actually Republican uh, controlled, but they lose to the urban areas that hold the higher population and, and can counter that vote. So L.A. County, if it were a state, I believe would be the 16th largest state. Yeah, it's pretty wild. In the country. 15th, yeah. 14th, 15th, 16th, 17th, somewhere in there, the yeah. population of L.A. County um, is that much. So yeah, that's a lot of people I was doing the math in, uh, Dallas, Fort Worth area. And, uh, the numbers that I did see just on a quick look over 5 million people are concentrated in those, those two counties right in that area. And, uh, it's pretty crazy to think how many people are shoved into that small of an area. And 
you know, the demographic is changing to where the liberal vote has increased quite a bit over in that area. And mm -hmm. so our rural districts, which is what I will get to represent if I'm the next state representative, uh, we need to have a voice in there that's fighting for it. And we have to hope that common sense will still prevail in those cities, even as their dynamic changes. So. All right. This is Wes Verdell has been in the studio, kindly came in at the last second invitation to discuss what Gun Owners of America had found in our defense bill, and we're grateful for them to get that thing worked out. Wes Verdell, I want you to go to his website, Verdell, V as in Victor, I-R-D-E-L-L, for F-O-R, Texas, T-E-X-A-S, dot com and that's with an o and um wes we will uh, i'm sure we'll be talking to you more and we'll the see at the gun show this weekend we'll see at the gun show this weekend there Carter. you go all right folks y'all stay tuned we'll be right back texas politicians fear him he's matt long All right, let's wrap this show up. It's a Thursday, and uh, tomorrow we've uh, got a – trying to remember. I think I have a guest tomorrow. See, there you go. That's what I didn't want. I don't have all my notes with me. Um, but I have been working on next week's programming, and I had mentioned to um, – I had mentioned before um, last week that um, I would sure love some Christmas stories. And so – and to run them on the air. And I have – Right now, I have a Tuesday, a Wednesday, and a Thursday, and a Friday that are going to give us some a nice little, a wee little uh, Christmas story. I don't even know. I know one of the stories. That's it, out of the four. I don't know what the other three are going to say. Um, and uh, But they're just one little segment. I have room for more Christmas stories. If there's that story you tell about your friends or about your family that or, or maybe each year at Christmas, you, you tell your family, here's the story of your great-grandpa and his first Christmas in, you know, up in the panhandle or wherever. These kinds of stories disappear. They, they go away, and they are part of the oral tradition that we, I believe our culture, has completely dumped that oral tradition because we actually believe that all of these films and tapes and digital and all of that stuff, that it's all just going to be here forever and ever. And we don't have to tell those stories anymore because we got that videotape. And, um, folks, uh, don't count on that. Let, let's keep the oral traditions, let's keep the stories going in the family. Someone told me a story um, a couple of days ago. And I asked him after listening to it, I said, man, that's a great story. Do you tell this story to the kids and the grandkids? And they said, absolutely. I said, all right, then you're, we're in good shape. Um, and so pass the family stories on. Yes, are they like fishing stories? You bet they are. They're going to change and grow and move. And But that's all right. That's okay. That's what makes it fun. Those are the stories. And so... I'm giving you one more opportunity. If you want to have me uh, interview you, we do not. We don't have to do it live. 
we can do it um, and where you can we can do it uh, not live and I've got an online studio that I can invite you into we do a great recording there and then I can clean it up and if you stumble around or go oh I didn't I don't want to say that can we can we erase that part we can do all of that so I would love to hear your story and then not only that you'll have a nice little copy of it I'll be glad to get you a copy of it whether I put it on a thumb drive and give it to you or put it somewhere on the cloud and pass it on. Don't be shy. Don't be shy. Let's hear your stories. And maybe even if you don't want your voice on it, tell me the story. All right? I'll, I'll do my best to pass it on. But uh, I've got some great ones lined up for next week, and i got room for more. So still a last call. This is almost the last call for your Christmas stories. Um, those of you out there um, who are familiar with a, some musicians that were here for many years, the Cosmic Dust Devils. Um, they were the Dust Devils and then the Cosmic Dust Devils, or they may have been Cosmic first and lost their Cosmic. I'm not sure what order it is, but um, Barbara and, um, oh, and I just lost the name. Um, but uh, we're going to have uh, Kevin Higgins, uh, who is a great songwriter and a great storyteller and wrote all the music for, wrote, write, wrote most of the music for the Cosmic Dust Devils. He is going to be on, I think, Tuesday. I have him down to tell a Christmas story. And I got all kinds of Christmas music picked out uh, for next week, some of it very sweet and solemn and some of it with a great big old tongue in the cheek because I just can't help myself. Uh, so there you go. All right, so we're going to go day 14 of the Advent. This is out of a book by a friend of mine named Mike Sublett. It's called Celebration and Repentance. In day 14, and basically what we've been following Joseph and Mary, and they have made it to the inn. And uh, yesterday we talked about uh, that it was basically the yuck inn. All right? It wasn't going to be a nice B&B. And so on day 14 of the uh, Advent, we go to this segment called No Vacancy says, have you ever stopped at a motel to get a last-minute room only to discover that they had forgotten to turn on the no-vacancy sign when they rented out their last room? Frustrating, wasn't it? Why? Today, we expect the courtesy of a lighted sign on the outside of the building so that we not only don't have to get out of our car, but so that we don't even have to slow down at the motel. But that wasn't the case at the Advent. Joseph entered the poorly lit rock room full of hopes. It never crossed his mind that so many others would be visiting Bethlehem for the same reason they were, the Roman census. All of his hopes to at least provide a decent room for Mary were shattered with these three words. Sorry, no room. How in the world could anyone turn down the opportunity to host the birth of the greatest person who ever lived, the only begotten Son of God. But at that time, the inn owner didn't know that, did he? He simply said what he had to say, no room. Have you ever said those words to God? Have you ever told him that you didn't have any room for him in your life? Have you ever evicted God's spirit for a day or even an hour just so that you could once again be in charge of your life? 
kind of silly that anyone would think that they could do a better job as CEO of their life than God himself, isn't it? Maybe you need God's help to resist the temptation to ever steal that role again. Think about it. So this is the prayer that Mike wrote to go along with the day 14. It says, Loving Father, I can hardly believe it. But there have been times when I didn't allow you inside me, times when it was like I posted a no trespassing sign. I don't ever want that to happen again. But since I don't trust me and my own strength to keep track, I'm begging you to help me. Only by your might will I stay surrendered and keep your room ready each day. Please make my heart your living quarters. Amen. And I can go ahead and say personally that that is uh, something I struggle with all the time. And so this is a prayer that's very important to me. So we've got Lorraine Lamont coming up here in a few seconds. And um, like I said, next week is going to be so special. I'm so excited. I'm doing more planning for next week. And um, I just can't wait. Y'all stay tuned for Lorraine, and I'll see y'all tomorrow. KRNH HD2, Kerrville, K2.